Hey, welcome back to the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. My name is Kelly Dixon. I'm here today with, of course, my executive producer, Vince Gilligan. Hello. Uh, our co-executive producer, Michelle McLaren. Hello. And we have a really special guest today. We have Bob Odenkirk in the house. Hi, you guys. <laughs> I'm not Saul Goodman. I'm Bob Odenkirk. I play a character. Are you like him? People ask me. Somebody asked me the other day, Do people, have been people been asking you for legal advice? Is, have they? No, they? I, I come on, man. Please, everyone, you understand, right? The TV is not real. Uh, we're pretending; it's pretend. Everything you see. I'm not sure I'd want legal advice from Saul. The woman who plays Oprah Winfrey is a short, white lady uh, who she puts that outfit on, and you know, come on. It's quite an outfit. I like the that. guy who plays Anderson Cooper, the two, there's two people who play Anderson Cooper. Uh, I can, if you watch enough, you can kind of tell which guy is doing it, Rusty or Ted. <laughs> Rusty is always, he plays it like this is an important story. Ted always makes it more light. And But anyways, <laughs> the point is all of TV is fake, all of it, except for the president. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Bob, you know, it's funny. I'm really glad you sh you're here today because, you know, I know that Vince is such a huge fan of yours. Okay. Um, you know, people have been asking me how I got this job, and I've said, you've probably read it. I don't know if you read every interview that's done about the show. Um, but I go, I don't know how Vince knows me, uh, but I guess you were a fan of Mr. Show. I'm sorry because I didn't know that. We didn't really talk about it, and then I gave you the DVDs of no, Mr. Show. No, no, but and, I... And then a few weeks later, you were like, hey, we've been watching those DVDs. That's really funny. And that's when I thought, wow, well, if you didn't know me on Mr. Show, how did you know me? But, no, but no, I, I did, yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I, okay. I loved you on Mr. Show, but the DVDs were such a great treat because I've got them all at home, but this was our this was our uh, uh, package for the, the Word yeah, version. That and we, slowed you down. <laughs> it, it, it slowed us down a little. So you can blame me for any weaknesses in episodes 8 through... <laughs> you know, um, you know. Uh, also, but I, I always told people I think you must have seen me do the Larry Sanders show because that yeah. character is yeah. the closest to Saul. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, no, I love Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders and uh, Mr. Show were two of the greatest things ever on HBO. Yeah. I love love both of them, and uh, I feel the uh, I feel I feel their passing every time I turn on HBO. Now uh -oh. I wish I wish uh, I wish they were still on. Wow. Although I'm glad we got you for this, though. So. Yeah, yeah, boy, I'm so lucky. I always tell people, you know, I mean, just how often do you get to step into some, but it's a great role and a show that's just got so many people excited and, and such a hardcore audience and has such a high level of quality. I mean, usually you, you, you know, you, you and I both spend a lot of time generating our own projects, right? Yeah. But for someone to invite you on board when the, uh, ship has sailed and it's such a gorgeous ship <laughs> that's amazing Vince you know last year's podcast we talked a little bit about how we got how you got Bob yeah. but Bob wasn't here but can you tell us like how did that go down like in the writer's room when you were trying to think about Saul Goodman and because I remember you telling me a little bit last year about how you know the hair and all that kind of stuff so well the hair and, and and bob can talk about that but the hair is definitely bob's idea and i have to say your hair in in real life looks so much better than Saul's does. <laughs> you don't have the uh business in front party yeah, in the back yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, yeah. 
Well, as soon as you told me what this guy was, well, the conversation was great because, uh, first of all, how it happened was my agent called me and he said, they're going to offer you this role and you really should take it. It, This is the kind of role that people win Emmys for. And I go, well, you know, okay, great. It's for Breaking Bad. And I go, well, I haven't seen it, but of course I'd seen the billboards and stuff. And I, I said, let me just check on it. And I... I just literally randomly called a friend, a guy I write with occasionally, and uh, Reed Harrison is his name. And uh, I just, I thought I'll call two or three people and say, have you seen it? What do you think of it? And he goes, oh, my God, that's the best show on TV. Oh, wow. (laughs) I can't wait for that thing every week. You know, you've got to do it. Oh, man, you're kidding me. (laughs) And uh, uh so that was it. That was enough for me. That's all I needed to hear. And uh, and then you and I spoke, and you said his name's Saul Goodman, and I'm listening, and I'm like, should I say something or not? <laughs> I go, look, you know, Vince, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> you know, my wife is, my kids are, sort of, you know, uh, but I'm not Jewish. Right. And he goes, oh, that's all right. He's not Jewish either. <laughs> Yeah, I go, because I'm Irish. He goes, oh, good, he's Irish, too. I mean, I'm half Irish. And uh, and, uh, and he goes, he just took that name, you know, to, to impress the homeboys. Yes, you know? yes. That was awesome. And then right away, when you were describing the character, I go, I already know what the hair is. That was on our first conversation. I this said, is I, true. I want a, a mullet that's cleaned up. It's not a total mullet like you're used to, but it's kind of really looks... And, and a comb over, a comb over with a mullet, because this guy, well, the comb over is n- anybody would do that, right? Oh, yeah, sure. As a as a middle aged lawyer. But I think the mullet, which you kind of see, your, you know, it's just long. It's not really a full mullet. It's a half mullet. Um, any barber would say, "Why are you calling that a mullet? Come on, it's a half mullet." Um, you know, that's like hey, he's young. Yeah, That's yeah. when you go, I'm still young. I'm still, <laughs> still, still, uh, I still got it. Yeah, yeah still. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to have a character. It helps you know the character when you put on all that stuff, you know. But well, I, it's uh, it just popped into my head. And, uh, well, it's you're in good company out. because the same thing happened with Brian Cranston. He came to me uh, when he accepted the part, and he said, I've got an image in my head of this guy's hair. He also said... I think this guy should be between 178 and 179 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't say, I, I was nodding agreeably, but I was like, and he hit it exactly. He, he knew he, he knows his body enough. He knows when he's looking a little fleshy. He wanted he wanted to be a little doughy through the middle. And he wanted this, uh, Brian wanted this, as he put it, this dead caterpillar on his upper lip. Yeah. And he, so... You know, but I, I, so you're in good company uh, along with Mr. Cranston there, but it's, it, this idea of seeing, of being this very visual idea of, uh, of approaching, uh, the character for a number of ways, one of them being visually, one of them seeing the hair, seeing the look. I think that's uh, very interesting. I hadn't really, uh, come upon that before, before Brian and you, and I think that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those things pop into your head, and then there's, you know, how they walk, and, one of the th- one of the things yeah. that how he dresses. Yeah. One of the things that also when you then sent me the script and I read it and I've never had uh, that many lines in anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've written most of the stuff I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had there were a few Mister Show episodes where I probably had that much, but never really those runs. I mean, you write those 
speeches and those, you know, when 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 um, when Saul is like winding his way through his logic, trying to get somebody to go somewhere, and, yeah. and it works, and then it doesn't work, and he has to kind of yeah. sculpt the moment and push them where he needs them to go. Yeah. Uh, I've never had that kind of thing. So that was new, and it was neat to read it, and it was a challenge, too, and, and to go, you know, how do I make this guy interesting so you want to hear all of that talk? And that you want to go on that journey, that story that he's telling, you know. So I, it was a lot of uh, more acting work. I think I've said I said this in interviews. I've never done a part where I focus so much on it. Where I sat down and okay, now I'm going to do that. I'm going to take all my energy yeah. and just think about this guy yeah. and who he is. Yeah. And I'm going to try to find him. Yeah, yeah. Most most of the performing I've done has been kind of like fun and just kind of secondary to writing. I mean, when you see me on Mr. Show doing anything, believe me, I'm thinking about where the cameras are and how <laughs> we're going to cut it. And I'm, I'm never just acting. Yeah, yeah. So this was great for me because the size of it made me go, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to focus on this guy yeah. and just give it, give it my all. And I'm going to be an actor here yeah. and it made, started making me think like an actor and think about all those things and everything, the way he walks, the way he sits, you know, it all. I've got a question to that. You, Saul, and I don't know if this is Saul or you, but Saul talks a lot with, with his, his hands. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so was that, was that a conscious choice? Because uh, well, it, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of working with you as a director, and uh, you were unbelievably well prepared and focused um, I, I, I've and got the same uh, same uh, you, and you've shout same out to give yeah it's yeah. absolutely true I've, it's, I've been lucky enough to do it now too yeah. and it's so you were so prepared I just love it it's oh, it's fantastic and and one of the amazing things is and, and Kelly you can speak to this we get into the editing room yeah and your hands match oh, I mean wow. they are yeah. you are talking with your hands and when you first mm -hmm. start working with you, you're thinking oh god when uh -oh. you get into take three four it's like I it's hope this is bad. gonna work it is. It it's like every time. It's, it's, yeah. you are. It's impeccable. Oh, great. It's great. So wow. was that a choice, or is that you? Well, you know, not, like whether it's the hair or or the the walk or whatever. I mean, it's not ever really conscious, right? It's always like there's a subconscious inspiration that makes you go, I, "He should do this." So I don't know. That's what it is. I mean, he's a magician. He wants you looking over here. He wants you looking <laughs> over there. He doesn't want, you know. I, I mean, when you break down what Saul's doing. If you look at the dialogue and you ask, what is he doing? You know, he's trying, to, he's working like a magician, you know. He's trying to get people distracted. He's, he's trying to feed them this. And if they don't go down that way, he feeds them this. And they, he's just looking for them to go down the road he wants them to go down. Yeah. And so I guess it probably came from that, you mm -hmm. know. And and I've talked about this too, you know. I I do Robert Evans. I do the character. <laughs> That's just sort of a fun thing to do. I don't do a Robert Evans impersonation when I do Saul, but I do do it once with the script. Yeah. Yeah, because you know Evans. You know who I'm talking. Oh about. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah producer of yeah. Chinatown. Kid stays and, in the picture. Uh, these and are all married just, to Alan McGraw. Yeah. yeah the, when I was looking at it, and I thought, who's the person who I most enjoy? I could enjoy talking this much, and I thought about Robert Evans, how much yeah. fun he is. And I do an impersonation of him. I've done it on Politically Incorrect. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen it on Politically Incorrect. Oh, you can no, see it on yeah. YouTube. All right, cool. I'll Go to YouTube and watch me on Politically Incorrect. I, I, I did Robert Evans as God. You saw that in Mr. <laughs> Show, maybe. 
I do Robert Evans as God. I don't know. They've ever seen you. Can you do? I don't want to put you on the spot. Jesus, my son, I love you. You made me mad. You you didn't always do what I asked, but I got to respect you. Don't know if the cross was necessary, but it sure did the trick. Would I do it again? Heck yeah. Did I do it right? Oh no. Uh, did it bite me in the ass? Hard. Did I learn my lesson? Not in a million years. Would I have it any other way? No way. You know, it's just like, what are you, where are you going? Where are you going? But it's so much fun to listen to. And, and you know what else? The, he just has so much rhythm and, and melody in his voice. And it goes up. And then he goes down. <laughs> and then he, and, and it's just uh, this amazing thing that you can't sort of, it never becomes monotonous. It's yeah. always a song, yeah. you know? So to look at it that way and see it go up and see it go down and, 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 and think about those kinds of things. And then I don't know, the hand movements. I mean, uh, I, it just comes from. Trying to sell somebody on something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes so sense. Ron, Ron Popeil kind of, mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, Atlantic City boardwalk kind of. <laughs> don't watch kinda. my lips. <laughs> don't watch like my lips. If you great. don't watch yeah. my lips, you won't hear so clearly. <laughs> hey, but uh, when you first got to the set, I mean, did you know what the set was going to look like when you first oh, got Oh, no. There? Well, I mean, they walked me through it before I did uh, the first scene that I acted in it because they were very proud of it. And uh, they had just finished making it, or they were finishing putting it together and um i mean it's a knockout uh that those pillars and did it uh, help you though did it help with the whole oh i mean yeah it sure it feeds into saul's showmanship <laughs> you know he's on a stage that's a real right. stage it is that it, he it set is up actually. for himself did you know, know yeah. that they were gonna pump in like this patriotic music from the from the waiting room or oh no no i didn't know that so that happened you know what i like the juxtaposition of that waiting room with his office (laughs) i mean that waiting room is (laughs) the saddest room on earth you know what i mean and then his office is like just a cheesy version of a of the Smithsonian in his mind <laughs> or the Oval Office. And now you And see. then of course it's cluttered with all kinds of you ruin the effect by cluttering it with all your crap <laughs> and too many law books that he's never read. Yeah. They, They're just fronts, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. You still have the wrappers on them, I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what though, having said that, I think Saul Goodman, despite his uh his his uh shysterism and, and whatnot, I think he actually is a good lawyer. Oh, I, I think, think so he's too. a smart guy, and and part of his thing is, is when when uh, necessary, uh, letting people underestimate him. I mm-hmm. love I love that scene you did, three hundred two, when you're uh, working with the uh, the more uh, uh, dignified the dignified country club lawyer. Exactly. And I, I get him on it because oh, I, that's a great. Scene. I know it's yeah. it, it really played well. Which one is it? Really great. When? it's where I know there's a me- there was a meth lab in the oh, basement. Oh, that was yeah. mine. I, that was three hundred four. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't oh, no, four. Wait, it was 302. 302. Yeah, People right, listening right. are like, Jesus, uh, they even geez. make this they show. They all run together. Well, they run, run, run together. Are you sure it was 302? It was 302. It was 302. Because uh, <laughs> Peter Gould wrote it, and Peter Gould, one of my wonderful writers, is the guy who created That's your right. character in the first place last year in 208. 208, yeah. better call Saul. Got to give Peter a lot of props. and uh, I, I'm so uh, It's so nice that you appreciate and – think that I'm prepared. 
But I'll tell you, man, I, after my friend said you should do the show, and you and I said, let's do it, and right. then I got the show. I didn't just show up there, and I watched it. <laughs> I went, oh, my God, this thing's for real, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I, and believe me, there was many years ago when I was a writer on Saturday Night Live and I was doing a one-man show in Chicago in the summers and, and Second City. I would do a Second City show of some type every summer. Right. My own show, whatever, at Second City, whatever. I was mistaken for someone else. They, they called me in for an audition in L.A. Right. I was at my brother's wedding in Arizona so I'm with the family, you know, and I get a call from my agent. He goes, you got to come to L.A. right now. They want you to host the show. And I go, why? Host Center <laughs> Live. Uh, no, uh, oh. host a show. It was okay. a new show. Okay. All right. And I go, I don't think so. Why would they? He goes, they've seen you. They've seen the tape you. They want you. You're the man. You've got to come in for a meeting. And I kept arguing with him. I'm like, why would they have seen me? I've just done theater, you know, and. And, and he goes, I don't know, they, that you're their man, you're it. And I was like, I don't think so. I mean, I did think maybe somebody had, uh, I think I'd taped my one theater show right. and possibly that, you know, somebody had handed a tape to someone else. So, so I left the wedding. I mean, I stayed for the wedding, but I didn't hang out with my family. I flew to L.A., I went to the country club across from Fox. Which one is that? Uh, that's uh, Rancho Park. No, the no, real no, nice one. Yeah, the Hillcrest. Hillcrest. I was yeah, in a yeah. room, yeah. me, these two guys, no one else, bunch of tables, other table, Jack Nicholson, and two of his cronies. Wow. That's the only people in this room. Wow. And I sit down and talk to these guys for, you know, an hour, and then I go across the street to Fox and I read the sides. And it's like a host for this kind of marginally funny, you know, s snarky show. Right. And I, I didn't like it that much, but I didn't. I was like, you want me to do something on camera? You know, I, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and I left and went back. And I told my agent, I just, I, are you sure it was me? What, what did they see me in? Yeah, yeah. And then I, I didn't get the job. And years later, one of those guys came to me at a party, yeah. one of the producers. And he goes, we screwed. You were not the guy we'd seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, dude, I knew that. <laughs> Why didn't you cop to it then? So I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. I flash back on that with yeah. this, where I was like, I wonder if he knows who he's <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we knew. We definitely knew. We definitely knew. We definitely knew. And we could not be more proud and happy to have you, man. You do such well, a great Well, so I job. watched the tapes. I watched the DVDs that you'd sent me. And it made me go, I'm, I cannot show up on this set not knowing my shit. <laughs> and you know, Brian, Brian is one of those actors, like, he's such the real deal, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to get in a room with somebody doing that and, and bring some kind of cheap, half-assed <laughs> version of uh, performance to it. You I, want to bring everything you got because yeah. you see a guy like that, there's some kind of magic to that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen it a few other times in my life, not too many. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been with a lot of great performers, and but a lot of people are kind of selling their personality. They're kind of amplifying their personality 
and maybe playing parts of their personality that are really fun and entertaining to um, to watch. And then acting can be a different thing. Right. I think what right. Brian's doing is acting. He's not like Walter White. No. <laughs> you know, in no. his natural energy, I don't think is like Walter White. And he just takes his energy and puts it all into this place. Yes. But I have to say it's the same with with you and uh, and uh, and Saul Goodman. You are very different people, and you you are you are <laughs> you, you, ri- you now you rise to the occasion, man. But you're right, Brian sets a a high bar and a yes, good example for for the writers as well. Uh, he is so good uh, that we don't want to give him any crap, you know, yeah. <laughs> crap to 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 portray. We want we want the writing to be up to snuff. We want the show to be up to snuff for him and for. Aaron Paul and Anna Gunn, Dean yeah. Norris, Betsy Brandt. We have such an R.J. Mitty. We have such a fine, fine ensemble cast. I could not be more proud of it. And you, you just boom from that day one. You fit right in, and we're just so lucky to have you. I'm what, so glad. Uh, you know, people ask me, did did they plan on keeping Saul around? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like the first one was three or four episodes. Was when you when we talked about it. You know what, what happened? Well, you know the kind of it. it it's uh, we we we. Uh, you know, anytime you're doing a TV show, you you you. I would I don't want to say hedge your bets. That's not the right expression to use here. But you you sort of build in escape hatches or whatnot, story wise. And and by that I mean, if it hadn't worked out, if you had had a bad experience and didn't want to come back mm-hmm. uh, after that episode two hundred eight where you appeared for the first time last mm-hmm. season. Or if for whatever reason it just didn't, didn't work, work out, right. either you or I or whatever got hit by a bus after yeah. episode two, uh, you know, there's always, there's always, you always have ways. But yeah, uh, we thought three or four uh, initially, but my, my hope from the beginning was that, was, was that what happened hap- would happen oh, and, and, nice. and that, and that uh, Saul would be a long-term consigliere for Walt yeah. and, and an important part of the show. You, you people Boy, I don't I don't know because that also goes to my big question when I came into the writers room at the beginning of this last season to visit with you guys was uh, you know because I've ri- I, you know I'm mostly a writer my career you know uh, I think I've done a lot more performing in the last few years but and maybe Breaking Bad is leading me into that direction um, maybe. Um, I'm enjoying it, but you know, the thing about performing is this, if the script is good, if the part is good, it's a great activity. Right. If the part is not good or not well written, it's not a good thing to spend your time doing. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. You're like a prop that talks, you know? Um, so, so that's a pretty big if. Yeah. You know? I can see that. You know, but anyways, um... The kind of writing that you guys do, I mean, this is like nothing like sketch writing, which is what has been my stock in trade. And uh, so it's a mystery to me. It's like a whole other world. I can't even fathom how you do it. I can't. It's 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 tricky, but you know, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue how to do sketch comedy. Or, or, and not forget, uh, obviously not performing. I'm talking about writing it. I, I wouldn't, I I my brain but you know you develop muscles you yeah. develop muscles writing sketch comedy right. I, I've developed muscles writing uh, this this uh, you know what we're doing and uh, you really do have to be able to wing it uh, week in and week out and also I mean I got you know I got wonderful wonderful writers got a great writing staff and we sit around in a room and we we I think the key to it is 
we keep our minds open to new possibilities, right. but we try to stay as honest as we can stay. And by that, I mean it all starts with the characters. It all starts with uh, as complete uh, an understanding of the individual characters as we can possibly muster. Uh, so we spend hours and hours and hours talking about, all right, Walter White, who is this guy? What are his hopes? What are his dreams? What's he afraid of? How much does he lie to himself? In his case, all the time, you know. Uh, what is he scared of? What, is he, what does he want? What he, we do that with all the characters. We do that with Saul. We do that with everybody. And we try to figure out what everybody's goals are. And then we, we just try to stay honest and never shoehorn the characters into something that they wouldn't do in order to, to fulfill a fun scene that we have preconceived of you you that's that's where shows go you can wing it it's sort of like it's i'm not a musician but it, it feels a little like what i consider freeform jazz to be when it's working mm-hmm. it's it's you, you gotta know how to play the instruments and you gotta have a have an idea of what what you're doing there and and you know but you have to you have to stay loose enough but you can only really stay loose and have it work if you really understand your characters and you can't try to jam your characters into a corner just to fulfill a, a fun scene. So it's, I don't know. That, does that deprive you of moments through the yeah. year where you go, oh, we were going to have this it, thing it happen, does. and now we just, it wouldn't work for this guy. He wouldn't very, do that. Very good point. It, it, that, the old William Faulkner mm-hmm. uh, line about sometimes you have to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but sometimes you have to kill your darlings. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes we have these darling scenes, uh, as it were, these scenes that would be super cool. And the audience would dig, but if we're being honest and we're being strong, and sometimes it's hard to be strong because you, you know, you want to take yeah. the bird in hand, you want to yeah. take the super cool scene, and you say, eh, eh, "He did it because uh, I don't know." We'll make it up later. And yeah. it, but it, you more, can't you can't. I mean, and and I and I'm I I weaken from time to time, but that's why I need my writers to help keep me honest to say, you know, uh, this is kind of bullshit. You gotta we gotta have a good reason for having Walt or Saul or Jesse or right. Skyler, whoever, do this thing that allows us to do this scene. If we can't build it honestly, we got to get rid of it. So. Right. God, that's hard. i got a question, <laughs> though, sort of along the lines of what you guys are talking about, too, because one of my questions to you especially is how much improv do you do? I mean, People do ask this. me that every time. I don't do any improv. I don't do any improv. Well, wait a minute, because the, the show that you f- were first on, um, was not my show, so I only saw it when it was done. Uh-huh. Um, but when and and I know that when I was looking on the internet law last year, people were constantly people who did not speak Spanish were constantly said, "What is Saul talking about?" In fact, they bring it up now. What was Saul talking about in Spanish when you know they were about to like bury you in the desert because you were saying you know you you sort of yeah I say so I can't remember <laughs> I I learned, I learned it. Uh, uh, what's phonetically? It was something about Ignacio and the something. I well, I, my, Saul immediately assumes yeah. that he he probably handles a bunch of clients <laughs> who could be behind this. Yeah. yeah. But he probably makes an educated guess at the one who is most yeah. angry at him right now. Well, what was funny Lalo. about it? Lalo. Yeah. Named after fu- Lalo Schiffer. Was, Just yeah. love the name. 
What was funny about it, though, is that at the time, you know, and I have friends who speak Spanish, so they told me, but what was funny about it at the time was there were so many people on the net who were saying, what is he saying? Because they thought it was canon for, you know, and so people were saying, oh, no, he's talking about something else, and these people are coming to get him, but now this year, because... The, that's kind of what is happening, not yeah. exactly, but they're saying, wait a minute, Saul Goodman was talking about that right, last year. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. And so I was wondering if that was improv. Oh, no, you know, no. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, no, I, I show, spent so I a no lot idea. of time trying to phonetically learn that, and, of course, there were a lot of people uh, working on the show who speak excellent Spanish in Albuquerque, and uh, they uh, all helped me out. They all helped me write it out. Now, there was some argument amongst them because there's dialects of Spanish. Yeah. You know, so that kind of created an issue. <laughs> two people arguing about how to pronounce a word that they both have used all their lives. <laughs> um, but you know how that goes. Um, you want to talk know, about that day? Wasn't that the, that was the coldest, yeah, well, that was toughest just one single of my day? Favorite windy and... times in my life. It was horrible. But, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but it really was just the greatest. Cool. Because it's 2 a.m., you're 46 years old, you have two kids, your life has been a drudgery for 10 years of, you know, doing dishes and yelling at people to pick shit up. And and now you find yourself in the desert at 2 a.m. with these giant lights and uh, pretending to be, a, you're going to be shot in the head and thrown in a grave and uh, what could be better than that there's a, there's, a, oh, there's a sandstorm also so sand is blowing in your eyes and your mouth and your ears and it's just great it's just great man it's yeah. what you need you know yeah, it's like you, god i needed this you know um we're shooting we're, so we're doing cool. these podcasts also little, i'm sorry, sorry i gotta go say it it did remind me of mr show and really vince people i i said to vince before we started recording this that's a woman came up to me in the store yesterday and goes the comeback has begun <laughs> and she's a fan of mr show and to her it's like i've disappeared for you know 10 years it's been 10 years since we finished mr show and uh and really i have i've done a lot of work i've worked every day but i've also spent a lot of that time helping raise my kids because my wife has her own uh job she's a manager Mm -hmm. and she's gotten only busier over the years and done an amazing job she's amazing clients Mm -hmm. and she works very hard and i i'm happy to help and i've done a lot of work so i kind of disappeared and i wasn't able to be a part of things like being out in the desert at 2 a.m and that was mr show man mr show was like you know in the middle of nowhere, we're pretending this is the moon. We're, uh, you know, we're out in a whatever, you know, industrial zone, pretending it's England or whatever, and and it was really fun. That that stuff's yeah. fun, man. It's it's like uh, putting on a show, getting the kids together, to yeah, like a college yeah. show or yeah. You know, I gotta say, anyone listening who who uh, does not know Mr. Show has not watched it. By all means. Rush out, put it on your Netflix queue, yeah. or go buy them. Uh, they're just they're wonderful, and you, they're, I love the little bite-sized bits of them. You watch whole episodes. There, there's a half-hour show, correct? It was, but yeah. you can watch it in. in oh, and, sure, you can and, watch a scene yeah. at a time. The half hour Skip goes around. super fast, but you can also watch. I love the way the DVD uh, menu allows you to, to yeah. watch uh, individual sketches. And, hey. and uh, man, it's just a great show if you haven't checked it out. 
Thanks. Well, I just was going to say that, you know, we're shooting these, we're doing these podcasts a little bit out of order. So last night, um, episode number 306 aired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's the first time that this year that we get to see this chi machine that you're oh on. yeah the chi and it was so funny because Vince said you know it's really comfortable actually or something and it feels so can good you go can you go into how that happened Vince how you guys decided to put him in a chi well, machine John Scheiben uh, uh, bought me a chi machine years ago uh, it was something he had seen somewhere on late night TV and he bought himself one and he got me one too and this is this little unit you see Saul using where you put your ankles on it and it rocks your legs from side to side and it looks dopey as hell, but you sit on it or you lie there uh, having it work your spine for about 20, 30 minutes. You get up and you, you feel kind of lightheaded and you feel good. It's, uh, it's kind it of a natural It just shakes your lower back. Yeah. It's just such a funny up. shot, too, because you're just like sitting there and you're just wiggling. <laughs> it feels good. It does. And then you, it's a strange you know, little thing. And then you get up, you know, and you're like talking about, you know, the RV, didn't, you know, didn't you guys plan for this contingency? And it was just, I, so I was just wondering, I guess it just leads me back to the other question. Was there any improv at all? So it's all. You know, it really is all written. And even, I, I got to say this, and I can't point to a specific uh, example, but I do think uh, there have been many times when I've read the scripts and and practice them and learn them and even little tiny side comments they're in there it's just they're just written in there and they just maybe they look a little more improvised but that's also part of that whole Robert Evans thing of like looking for things to toss away and looking for things to emphasize and changing up your uh, delivery a little bit so it some stuff might maybe seem like I guess it's improvised. I don't know, but it's not. And this is, I think, the nature of very good acting is uh, yeah, is is, so, is yeah. uh, any time, any whatever you're watching, uh, TV, movie, whatever, and it and it feels like the personality, the actor in front of the camera is saying lines. Obviously, something's gone wrong somewhere. So it's making stuff, uh, you know, uh, words on a page come to life like that is a real talent and a well, real skill. You. We, we use well, that line, uh, throw it away, a lot. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, it's very Breaking Bad, and, and you, you do that very well. Well, a lot of TV shows wouldn't say the opposite, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They would say, emphasize every line. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, this is a special uh, piece of work, you know, um, because you're, you're trying to make it, well, you're trying to suck people in and keep them there and and keep the characters honest like you said and uh you know a lot of uh television is a kind of uh shouts at you more mm-hmm. from across the room mm-hmm. I, don't I think wanna... pe- you know people oh, think about sorry. tv as a thing that's on when you're doing something else yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but that's, you know, that's the, the, the writing allows you guys to do that yeah it's and, it, and it's writing. exciting for the audience you know how many people i i said to vince you know say have told me i love the show and i can't wait for sunday night mm-hmm. that's awesome you know that's just a great thing that yeah. people are that it's worthy of my focus right do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so uh everybody involved in the en- endeavor treats it that way 
that's true. So that's very true. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's I, I was going to say, I just didn't want to be remiss in not mentioning the director of this I, show. I was just, yeah. I was okay. going to, you're, you're reading my mind. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Um, Mike Slovis directed this show. He's he's our uh, our director of photography. Yes. So, um, how was that, Bob? You're working with Mike as, Michael's a, as great. a camera guy, but... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think you should ask Michael how that was, because that's a tough thing to do. Uh it's Believe me, we, we so wish Mike could be here. He is in New York at the moment as we speak. He is shooting uh, uh, the Rubicon. Rubicon, which is AMC's next show up after uh, you know Mad Men and then Breaking Bad, and now the next show AMC is going to do is called Rubicon. It's very, it's going to be very good. And Mike is, uh, I wish we could have him here because he is a very interesting guy. Yeah, and a wonderful director of photography. We're so lucky to have. And for him. people who don't know what that is, yeah, the look of the show. The lighting and the the moody lighting, the moody scenes, the kind of making it feel real and but making them, you know, just sculpting the light, which is what you know so much of of it is of a show is the visual and is, is the director of photography. And I mean, you you have to work with him because yeah. he he's not just free to run and do whatever he wants, but he makes this thing come to life and, yes. and makes this world have the tone and the you know energy that it has yeah so he so that's that job but in this episode he also directed mm -hmm. the actors and and did he do both in no, this episode? No, 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 no Peter, he had somebody he else did, yeah, DP it. Impossible to do both on our eight-day schedule. It really uh, is. If, if anyone could figure out a way to do it, it would be Michael. But having said that, Peter Rainier's our B camera operator, who's a wonderful, talented. We have two great camera operators. Uh, Peter and Andy, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Peter uh, actually was the DP, or the director of photography on this episode, as he was on episode eight uh, a week ago. The, the great episode took place in the hospital, written right. by Jenny Hutchinson and directed by Colin Buxey, and um, Peter shot that one as well as this one because uh, you prep as a director, you prep for a week, uh, yeah, you prep for an eight-day cycle while the episode before yours is being shot so you're prepping for eight work seven days, days seven days yeah it, it, it works out even though we shoot yeah. eight days that's where i get it's, it's a, it's a, it's a I, I gotta ask thing. you guys who is the swedish director oh johan johan rank <laughs> i wish we could have him in too but he's either in new york or sweden or he's, sweden. he's, he's, a, he's a character or even when he's what here apparently like <laughs> when he was when he was supposed to be here working with the editor he was like what doing some Japanese TV commercial or something. He couldn't get away. He's a big, so he was actually big here. commercial director and, and a stills he does, photographer. He's, yeah. He he doesn't direct in television except for Breaking commercials Bad. and Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. we are so lucky to have that. And he's and he's a former rock star in Sweden. Yeah. Well, really? if, if you YouTube walk him, down the street, if, yeah, rock star in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. if you YouTube <laughs> him, uh, he had a band. He had a couple bands, I think, but one of them was called Stocka Bow, which is short for Stockholm Boy. And he was a rock star, and you can YouTube his videos that are very cool, very visually interesting. And I, I assume he directed them too. I mean, he's just—he's got a real eye. He's yeah. all think, of our directors. Directs, We're so lucky uh, to have all these guys. I think he and directs rock videos. Michelle and did Michelle. amazing work, yeah. and you're Thank double you. dutying too because yeah. you're yeah, running the whole show. But I love like though when you have That's to when Mike brutal. is is prepping. And you, you've had to do that too. So how do you, in your job, help Mike Slovis? Because he's, you know, he's 
I have prepping. a secret yeah. weapon. Oh, okay. What and is her it? Her name is Melissa Bernstein. Huh. <laughs> Melissa Bernstein, another producer. Uh, <laughs> How many did you but direct this year? I did three. Yeah, I did wow. three. I was very, very lucky to, to do three of them. But I, I just want to get back to Michael for a second and, yeah. and, and 309 and speak to what you were saying about uh, him being the, the DP. Michael is an incredible support to the directors, as, as, right. as you know, yeah. as, as well. You can't even put it into words how big a support. Exactly. Yeah. He is the, the constant. Through, uh, he's the only one of the uh, creative team that sets the look of the show mm -hmm. that is constant throughout, obviously other than the writers, because the directors... Oh, and the production are, designer, too. I, I'm talking, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about the, for the shooting crew. Oh, yeah, Excuse sorry, me. sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shooting right, crew, let's right. clarify that. Yeah. And, and so he's crucial to, especially the guest directors who mm -hmm. come in, and, um, and Michael is there to support us and sometimes protect us mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the show and, and stay true to the show. And he's all about stories. So even though he does his um, these great looks and, and, and everything, he's, it's all about uh, what helps in support the story, which is, which is wonderful. And as a, a director, again, Michael's all about story. And I wondered, is he going to have the ability to step away from the lighting mm -hmm. and just focus on the directing? And he did. And, and that's a large part because of Peter. Peter's, Peter Rainier's is a, is a great DP himself, yes. um, and uh, but Michael really he focused on the actors and he focused on on, on telling the story rather than than, than the lighting and he did a, a phenomenal job, and um, he introduced us to something that Breaking Bad hasn't used before because Michael also has a commercial background and um, has done a lot of uh, food commercials and things, mm -hmm. and so when he read this episode and he saw the teaser about the commercial for the chicken that then becomes oh, right, goes yeah. into the drugs, he said, I want to have a high-speed camera, a 2,000 frame per second camera, which yes. is something they often use in commercials. And so it was Michael Slovis who got that idea and and brought that in, yes. which as we've talked about before, a couple of us other directors got to benefit from that, Ryan Including Johnson you. and myself. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we stole that camera for a couple hours, thank, thank you, Michael. Um, but but uh, prepping with Michael as a director was, was a treat because, um, again, he always focuses on, on story. He did a phenomenal job with the episode, but he also has that uh, camera sense that he gets to bring yeah. to it as well. And he has a great understanding, of course, of what we can do in the time frame that we have. Yeah. And um, and he made Perhaps some really... Perhaps the best understanding of anybody. anybody I, I think actually, so, yeah. yeah. And he made some really interesting choices. Uh, off the top of my head, one of the ones is in the meeting room uh, at the at the rehab when we've done a lot of scenes in there and it's a square room there's only so many ways you can you can shoot this and of course uh, we've always got great dialogue in there and, and, and great performances but you want to keep it also interesting with the camera and, and telling the story and I love that wide low angle uh, that he has it's a tableau when we first see Jesse sitting there in a in a three shot yes and we none of none of us uh, none of the other directors had done that shot before and mm -hmm. I looked at that and I went wow that's you know yeah, that's what that's you get great. when you get yeah. Michael Slovis there yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's and he's fantastic. a lot of fun too he is he's a funny guy he is, he's, yeah. good, with that, he's good with actors right Just yeah I mean look at that thing where I get up out of the um, pedicure bed bath <laughs> yeah. and walk oh, in my wet feet across the floor <laughs> with my suit on and your and your pant legs you rolled know, up to your knees if there was any improv I mean there's moments like that where I go let me just get up and. And, and and people roll with was it. Was that and a real slip? Did you slip and just keep going? Well, you were one uh, over by the, the counter. I think it was real, yeah. Because yeah. when we saw real. that, we all went, oh, my God, that's I, great. I know that I, I... I just knew it would look and feel like 
there's something kind of wrong about it, you know. Just the suit on, the wet feet, walking, chasing someone. It's just not right. It's a good... <laughs> just just the way walk. the scene opens. I love the way Michael opened it and the way you yeah. acted it. Just opening up, close up on your feet, and, yeah. and hearing... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those are wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got I got one more question before we have to wrap it up, okay. but I wanted to um ask you about the fight that you had with Brian Cranston in episode number three oh four. Uh-huh. Well, I love fake fights. The last <laughs> fake fight I had before that was with Rip Torn on Larry oh, on Larry Sanders. Yeah. But it's crazy. Wow. And and then Rip threw me up against the wall on Larry Sanders. And um, the other thing it reminded me of was uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I played an ex porn star, and then I and they, they see you see a little of a tape. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen that one. No, oh, I got to look that one. You up. see a little yeah. tape of one of my scenes, and and we so we shot this porn scene in a horrible, shitty uh, motel that I'm sure has been the uh, site of a lot of porn uh, filming. <laughs> and these two girls from um, some strip club were there as my uh, um, partners and uh, so we get in bed and we have underwear on but this is my parallel. Fake fighting is closer to real fighting than you want it to be. Right. And fake sex is closer to real sex than you want it to be. (laughs) You kind of wish those two things were, I mean when somebody throws you on the floor even if there's a fernie pad which is a furniture pad that you use on the set you still get thrown on the floor and when you fight you know uh you're still swinging yeah Yeah. you're still using all your muscles and of course a guy like brian wants to go for it and i want to go for it i guess there's a danger you could really get hurt but you know it's just a little closer to real the real thing than than you kind of think uh an acting version should be and sex is certainly that way I mean in bed with those two girls grinding around I was like why don't we just take our underwear off I mean how much different is it did you float that idea no I did not believe me I would have floated can we put on extra pairs please can I put on ten more pairs because this is not nothing good about it and the bed was unsanitary and oh, behavior was unsanitary uh, well it's, 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 I was just going to say when you were saying about the fighting uh, in a podcast we did last week Dean actually in a fake fight connected this year oh yeah and, well, and, and gave a yeah. stuntman a bloody lip which he felt horrible about but it's like you're saying you're 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 trying to well, you fake can only it, you fake it, make it so look real. much yeah. Yeah. You, yeah you know one good thing about fighting with brian is two middle-aged white guys fighting is going to be a wrestling match probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not going to be a fist fight <laughs> yeah, yeah. with clean blows yeah if anything it's going to be this horribly pathetic yeah. grunting and straining wrestling match which you want it to be in this situation which exactly is that. uh you know that's we we much, can both. That's pretty much every that. fight in, in the world. It really every, is. Every real fight. Every real yeah. fight. Television and movies makes us think that a fight is... is, is these yeah. amazing yeah. clean punches yeah, yeah, and yeah. people ducking and bo- you know, bopping yeah, yeah. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why even those UFC matches, yes. as, as brutal and as, as real as those things are, sometimes they don't look as... Yeah, nothing, just guys. yeah nothing can look as cool as, <laughs> as uh, some Bruce Lee movie because all that stuff is beautifully choreographed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. And that's true. Well, if only fighting were that beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd all do it every day. 
We should wrap it up. Unfortunately, we're out of time. That was thank, fun. Thank you yeah. so much, Bob, for being here. This oh, you're really, welcome. Really Thanks great, for having me. Great time. Michelle, thank you. Vince, as always. Are you kidding? Uh, I, I, all I did was sit here and laugh. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, was everybody, a thanks a lot for listening. This was uh, 309, which is called Kafka-esque. It's, it was directed by Mike Slovis and written by Peter Gould and George Masters. And uh, uh, join us, I guess, next week for uh, really a very special Breaking Bad. Uh, a very different Breaking Bad. Very special Breaking Bad. Um, the episode is called Fly. Uh, directed by uh, a new, uh, wonderful, uh, fantastic guest director, Ryan Johnson, and uh, written by... Oh, it's an amazing wow. it's Moira, uh, Moira I Wally. haven't seen it, by the way. Caitlin. <laughs> I've only read it. <laughs> Moira Wally Beckett and it's Sam so Catlin. Cool. And it is fantastic. Ryan Johnson is amazing. Yes. Uh, but Mike Slovis is also amazing. My, yes. Michael <laughs> Slovis. I, I love you, Michael Slovis. He is awesome. He's so, we got to uh, get him on one of these podcasts one of these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, eventually. He's a, he's a guy. 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 He could, he could, we could, we could yeah. spend six oh, yeah. podcasts with Mike yeah. Slovis. Yeah, absolutely. He's, and he's a wonderful human being. Absolutely. Yeah, and a great DP and a great director. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, let's go break bad.